let me talk at ya. Welcome one and all to Not Just A Geek, the show looking at the how, what, and why of the stories we love. I'm your host, Not Just A Guy, The Guy, Garrett Briones, and welcome to the new show right here on the NJAG feed, Not Just A Geek. Really excited to launch this show. If this is your first Not Just A Guy or Not Just A Geek, uh, your first NJAG show, uh, I am Garrett Briones. I'm a filmmaker. I am more more so trying to get... Uh, I'm a filmmaker first and foremost, but I'm trying to call myself a storyteller more often than not because there there's so many storytelling mediums that I want to tell my stories in, and there's so many storytelling mediums that I love. Um, and there are two shows here on the NJAG feed. There is not just A Guy, our flagship show, the main show, The Hub. Uh, that is the show where myself, a struggling storyteller, uh, goes through the trials and tribulations of getting my stories told, as well as bringing on other struggling storytellers. Talk to them about the work that they have got out there, the work that they're trying to bring to life, things like that. And that very much is a show looking at the people behind stories. But I always have had an itch to talk about the stories themselves. Um, that started when I became a Geekscape contributor. I used to have a pop culture podcast, uh, Masters in the Media, that I no longer do. But that one was so much... Uh, it's kind of at the whim of whatever was coming out or, you know, new new movies coming out, new books, new things like that. This show, I just want to talk about the stories that I love and talk about what what is getting what are the stories that are getting me through the struggles? Because uh, that's something you have to think about is, the you know, your work that you make will, you, you know, you don't think about it, but it could have a super major impact on someone or it could be what gets someone through a hard time or you know for an hour just gets them or for an hour a couple hours gets their mind off of something you know and uh so today I want to kick off the show doing just that talking about what 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 have I been what have I been up to what are what are the the the, the stories that I'm taking in right now that are inspiring me that are uh, you know, helping me escape just the onslaught of life. Uh, I talk about on the on not just a guy how I'm working two jobs. So you know, sometimes I need those uh, escapes when I can find them. So far, it has been a um, a very you know I haven't been to the movies super a ton so far. You know, movies are still you know movies are starting to more more ones that I'm interested in have been released. So I haven't really been to the movies. And also something on not just a geek because film is such like the main medium I want to work in, I'll probably talk a lot less about film, which you would think a filmmaker would want to talk about film, but it's just like, I would rather not, I'd rather have, you know, when I talk about film, I want it to be the ones that I'm working on, on not just a guy or things like that. You know, not to say that I won't ever talk about movies, but I would say that's probably a little more, a little more few and far between it. I feel like mostly I will talk about comics and books and video games and, uh, wrestling and th just things like that. Um, again, not to say that I won't ever talk about films. It's just, I don't think, you know, I think I'll do a film every, every now and then. And this show will alternate every other week with not just a guy so that both shows uh, are fresh and don't, you know, I don't, I don't think either show will ever run out of ideas, but so that, you know, there's more time in between episodes to really think of quality episodes, you know, think of quality conversations, quality uh, topics, things that, so that nothing ever feels rushed and so that everything has a chance to really develop before I hit play on the mic. So, you know, right now I'm I'm reading uh I'm reading uh the book I'm currently reading 
is uh, Dark Tower, uh, Wizard and Glass, the fourth Dark Tower book. I'm, uh, I've In recent years, I've been trying to read more and more Stephen King, and the Dark Tower series is my, my favorite stuff that he does, um, or that he has done. Uh, I love that uh, series so far. It, it in It's one of the things where I know what's, like, I, I just have come across, like, spoiler, like, you know, just, like, what happens in the story. Um, but it still surprises me and it still is just so incredibly up my alley and just this weird, and I mean this in the best way, like a weird mishmash of so many things. If you don't know the general conceit, um, when, when King was developing it, he, uh, he was watching like spaghetti Westerns, you know, like the Sergio Leone, um, films. And, uh, he was just looking at the, the beautiful vistas and the landscapes and thinking like, you know, these films are so mythic in the way that they present the Old West. What if there was something like Lord of the Rings, but it was a Western almost? And so the the Dark Tower was born. The first book, The Gunslinger, came out. And it is, it's crazy. You know, I, I think um, something on this show I always want to make sure I'm talking about is the text, is the, is the why, the actual product, you know, or the actual piece of art and uh because i feel too often there's just a surple, surface level thing and i feel like with dark tower the surface level thing is like people are like oh it's about the the stephen king multiverse and yeah i mean you could say that like that's definitely not an untrue statement um he does use a lot of characters from his, you know his books do connect um there is a lot of connection there's a lot of you know uh reality and existence and what those are that make up his books and they all connect. But I think that this is a very surface level reading to say that it's like, you know, it's, it's not like those connections are always in service of story and moments and what characters are going through in the themes of the books. Um, so right now I'm on uh, wizard and glass, almost done with that. Um, by the next, uh, honestly, probably by the next time I record, not just a guy, I should be done with it. Um, loving it. It is a, it is, uh, like a, it's like a romance book. Like it's a, you know, almost 800 pages, uh, or I mean, so I should almost say almost 900 pages. Um, it is a sweeping Western romance. Uh, and I like that each book, each Stark Tower book has its own different feel like the Western uh, aspect because of the main character, Roland Deschain. It, it always has that Western feeling because he is the gunslinger. He's like a cowboy, you know, um, but he's like a cowboy by way of like a, a Knights of the Round Table like order. And but each book has its own vibe and feel. The first book does very much feel like a Western, uh, you know, like a lone wolf and cub story. Second book is a lot more, uh, you know, it dips into different time periods and it, it's much more of like a forming the gang kind of book. And um the third book is also similar to that as well, but there is also like this uh, almost like adventure story feel to it. Uh, and I'm really, I'm really enjoying Wizarding Glass. So far, it's been my, my favorite of the books. Um, I actually, and get, you know, to go back to those Stephen King connections, I'm reading it in a way, um, I, I saw someone on YouTube, I can't remember the uh, guy's name. Uh, um, I'll try and shout it out in a future episode uh, when I talk more about the books, but um, just like a journey to the Dark Tower. So, reading a bunch of other books that are connected to the Dark Tower as I go through the Dark Tower series just to extend my read through them, give me different flavors along the way, give me time to breathe between entries because these are big, dense books with big, dense ideas. Um, so it's nice to have like, you know, for example, when I between uh, 
between books two and three, I read uh, The Stand and The Talisman. So those were, uh, you know, Stand, uh, I mean, I very much enjoyed both those books. The Stand especially, you know, that there's a reason why that is such a critically acclaimed book. Uh, it was incredible. Um, you know, it was, it's a very big book, uh, and it was an undertaking, but uh, I, I loved it. And it was such a fun odyssey just to watch um, that world's version of America and, and just society in general crumble. And you get a lot of interesting connections uh, reading that to you know as you go forward in the the Dark Tower series. But um, I'm working through that, and when I finish that, I'll probably go back to uh, I'm probably take a little bit of a I guess like a little bit of a break, um, just try out uh, you know continue reading through the Star Wars High Republic initiative, which you don't know that's a uh, a book uh, initiative where it is stories set about 150 to 200 years before uh, the events of the Phantom Menace, showing the republic and star wars at its height and when the jedi were like you know they again similar to what i was just talking about in dark tower they were like knights of the round table uh, and charting out the new frontier in the outer rim and uh very i've been a huge fan of those um i fell a little bit behind in, in uh last year and so i just i think uh i think i tore through like four or five of the book you know i was i was very behind on phase two so i i super caught up on phase two which is a prequel to the first phase of high republic storytelling um and they started phase three which is their like final phase and uh, i'm working i i have uh the first book of that phase so that's what i'm going to read after dark tower have a little bit of a change of pace and then uh going to be reading the uh the third dune book uh children of dune i just uh i read I finished reading Dune last year, and uh, I finished reading Dune, and then I read Dune Messiah not too long after. Love those. I absolutely love and adore the uh, the Denis Villeneuve um, film. Cannot wait for the the sequel. And it's it's fun reading that world, especially because last year I was mostly reading like going back and forth between Stephen King books and like Star Wars books. Last year was very much more like Star Wars heavy books, but um, and then in, including Dune in there, and it's interesting to see what ideas you know that you could kind of tell George Lucas was inspired by in Dune things like you know there like there's the voice is similar to the force the you know he you know spice how spice is used in Star Wars versus how it's used in Dune uh Tatooine is very similar to Arrakis um there's an uh, you know an evil emperor like all these different things it's always so cool to see um you know there's there's like 50,000 versions of this quote, but like every story has been told. It's just kind of like how you tell it. Uh, and so it's interesting in the same way that it's interesting to see how George Lucas pulled inspiration from like Westerns and uh, Kira Kurosawa films. It's, it's just as interesting to see like, Oh, he got these ideas from Dune and, or like he was inspired by this in Dune. Um, there's some stuff in the work of Jack Kirby that you, you can kind of see some similarities to. So it's just always fun to see like, see those things and, and so bouncing back and forth between those two is something i enjoy doing and, and i'm enjoying um doing that even with more recent uh star wars things but um but then that you know and then you know i'm always watching the wrestling and stuff like that and i read a bajillion comics every week uh right now i'm rereading or i'm gonna start my uh start rereading uh, a section of Jason uh, Jason Aaron and uh, Russell Dowderman's Thor, as well as Mike Del Mundo, Saad Ribic, um, their their Thor run. I'm gonna start rereading parts of that. Um, I had started to reread in 2022, and then uh, I I moved, and so a bunch of my books got put in storage. Um, but I want to finish that reread because I love that run, and then I I finally want to be able to read um the uh, Jane Foster Valkyrie stuff. 
Speaking of comics, hey, it's almost like that's like what we're talking about today. The main topic of today's show is all about the ultimate Marvel universe. And so here on Not Just A Geek, when we, whatever the topic is, whatever declarative statement it is, whatever thesis it is, whatever idea it is kicking around in my head, whatever it is I want to explore, we're always going to use three questions to guide our way through the conversation. And that is how, what, and why. So we're all going to start today with why. And always remember that the views expressed here are the guys, okay? I'm not reading from a teleprompter. No one's paying me to say these things. These are all the views of the guy. So how? How did we get here? Well, how did we get here? Well, in 2000, Marvel had a publishing initiative that they kicked off called Ultimate Marvel. Started with a book called, I don't know if you heard of it, Ultimate Spider-Man. You know, he's swing, you ever hear of this Spider-Man fella? Well, this version of Spider-Man, he's got big old eyes. You know, he's got big old eyes. He's 15. He's kicking, he's kicking Green Goblin's butt hither and yonder. That book came out and it was a smash success, written by Brian Michael Bendis, brought to life by Mark Bagley. Uh, that is my that's my gateway drug, brother. That is my entryway into. Uh, I mean, it's not like it was the first comic I ever read, but it was. I would say that was the first comic I ever loved. Um, that was, you know, I had a bunch of just ancillary issues of comic books when I was a kid. No comic book store in town. And uh, that one just, it somehow got, I got it in my hands. I think I got a version, I think I got it at the grocery store, where I had two issues of Ultimate Spider-Man, like, stapled together. Like, it was like you would flip it, and it would be, like, issue 50-something. And you flip it again, it'd be, like, issue 50, or, like, 40-something. I, I can't remember the exact numbers, but I can tell you exactly which issues it was. It was the one with the, with the Imposter Spider-Man. That's exactly what it was. It was two issues from that, that storyline. And, um... And that book, it just knocked me on my butt like that. It 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 was my that was my comic book Spider Man. You know, so for some people, people it's the, you know, the Lee Ditko original. You know, it, it's you know when Bagley's doing the art in the '90s and helping create Carnage. It's when McFarlane is on art uh, with uh, with David Mazzucchelli, um or sorry, David Michelini. Um, David Mazzucchelli is a different artist. Uh, David Michelini, um Hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And they're creating Venom. You know, there, there's so many stuff. There's the slot run. There's all these things. But for me, my original comic book Spider-Man was Ultimate Spider-Man. That was that was it. That was my my thing. That was my... Uh, I loved it. And, you know, I one of the trades I've read the most in my life, you know, trade a, a collected comic book, is Ultimate Spider-Man Volume 6, which is Venom. I've read that thing cover to cover 10, 15 times. Like, I've just read it so many times. Especially, you know, growing up in a town with... No comic book store, um, besides one that opened for like a couple of years and it was just a guy selling his old collection. So it wasn't like, you know, there was no new books. It was just books from the 90s and early 2000s. Um, and some from like the 80s, I think, as well. But, um, you know, it was a lot of just rereading the same books over and over and over again. Uh, and so with Ultimate Spider Man, it was like, I loved it so much. I reread that thing without, you know, I read that volume six. And so um, eventually it became my, my prerogative and my mission to, uh, to track down every trade paperback um, of that initial uh, run, the initial Ultimate Spider-Man run, and I did. I I concluded that last year. I had all twenty-two volumes, and then I also got. I have all four volumes of Ultimate Comics Spider-Man, which was, which continued the story, and then I have the first three volumes of Ultimate Comics Spider-Man, where uh, Miles Morales was the. Um, 
was the star. That one's proven a little... I've hit a roadblock. I thought I was going to be able to finish Miles' because I had the first two volumes of Miles' for a long time, and, and I thought I was going to be able to uh, to finish that, but there's there's one volume out there that is eluding me, and I'm trying my best to get it because I want to finish uh, Miles' complete volume. But uh, this is all, I'm getting a little off topic. So Marvel Marvel releases this, and the idea is just it is your Marvel your your favorite Marvel heroes reimagined in the modern day. That is the cell. That is the idea, and and it, Ultimate Spider-Man comes out, it's a hit. So then we get Ultimate X-Men. We get uh, the Ultimate Fantastic Four. We get the Ultimates, which are the Ultimate Universe's version of the Avengers. And they're, they're hits. They, they're, they're introducing ideas that, um, that would super influence the movies. You know, the reason why you have Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury is because in the Ultimates, Brian Hitch drew him that way. And so then, you know, Samuel L. Jackson took notice of that. And instead of that prompting any illegal action, he was just like, hey, well, keep having him draw, keep drawing him like me. And uh, in exchange, one day whenever Nick Fury's in the movie, I get to play him. And we know how that story goes. And so that that universe is so incredibly influential to the MCU. Eventually, the 616 sometimes, you know, would kind of have some similar, like they kind of like some ideas and that would carry over into the 616, the main Marvel Universe, the main comic universe that started back in the day. The Ultimate Marvel Universe would run for a very long time, from 2000 uh, to 2015, and uh, it would end in 2015 in the uh, major uh, comic book story, you know, the comic, uh, the book, Secret Wars by Jonathan Hickman and Esad Ribic. And that was the the big conclusion. Um, the Ultimate Universe died. It that was it. And then when uh, you know the main Marvel Universe died as well, and they're both reborn. And a lot of the Ultimate characters that really popped off, you know, Miles Morales, um, and uh, you know, like R- Ultimate Reed Richards, who's the character of the Maker. We'll get back to him in a little bit. Um, they were just folded into the main Marvel Universe. Along with some other characters like uh, Jimmy Hudson, who was the son of the ultimate version of Wolverine. Uh, and it, it was just, you know, they just carried over. Uh, some characters carried over and they were no longer in that separate universe. They were just, they were here in the main universe uh, interacting with all your favorite pals. And that lasted for, you know, and, the, and then there were some stories that started to tease like maybe the ultimate universe is still out there. Maybe it's coming back. Maybe we're going to do something with it. Maybe the, the maker... We're building to this big maker event with something to do with the Ultimate Universe. And it kept seeming like ducks were being put in a row. And it would be that way until last year, 2023, when we got the official confirmation and announcement that the Ultimate Universe was being reimagined and being brought back, being shepherded by Jonathan Hickman. And he and Brian Hitch, who worked on the Ultimates, they were going to kick off the start of a brand new Ultimate Universe and that brings us to what? So what is it about? What is this new Ultimate Universe about? This new Ultimate Universe is all about the Maker, this character. So if, you, if you're not familiar, the Maker is the ultimate version of Reed Richards. He is an alternate universe version of him. And this version of Reed Richards, through many different uh, events, he, he went bad. He broke bad. He went to the dark side, you know. And he became this just evil megalomaniac who wants to just uh, make everything better to his standard of better. He thinks that he can change the world and that he's the one to do it. Um, in many ways, he's very similar. Um, you know, even if my descriptor is 100% accurate, he almost is, he's 
taking on a lot of traits of, of Victor Von Doom, you know, Dr. Doom. The idea is that he, you know, he's been in the main Marvel universe and he's just tired of it. He's done. He, he's wanted to get back to his world. Uh, he did briefly. It didn't go too well. <laughs> Apparently he ended up back up on, on this world and he, he wants to, you know, he, he wants his own world. He, he's, he's seen, you know, he can't go back to his world. He's seen what is of in this one. He's gotten his his booty spanked multiple times on this world. He decides, what if I what if I just start one from the ground up? What if I tailor make a universe where I I can weed out what we can nip things in the bud? Right. This all happens in Ultimate Invasion. So he goes to a a different world and he starts to systematically take out their heroes. But he doesn't do it even in like a you know, he doesn't just go and kill this person, kill, no, he just takes the, he does the more vindictive version of it, he stops Peter Parker from getting bit by a spider, he puts Loki on the throne of Asgard, so Thor's just thrown into prison, he does all these different things, make sure Captain America is never discovered, does, he moves all these chess pieces, so that there is a world with no heroes, obviously, a world like that, characters still pop up howard stark in this universe that he he chooses just a random world and it is designated 6160 the original ultimate universe was 1610 and the main marvel universe is 616 so it's still playing with that but he makes a world in his image he makes a world where he has assembled this secret cabal that run the entire world and use the countries as just like territories and in chess pieces and yeah it's a, it's it is a world devoid of its heroes and as I said, yeah, you know, like Thor still exists in that universe. Captain America exists, but he's still on ice. And, you know, Captain and Thor is a prisoner. Tony Stark is a teenager who has yet to become Iron Man. If he even ever will be, we'll get to that. And I'm not going to go too in into the weeds on what happens in Ultimate Invasion. I would, I really would hope that you would read it. But eventually, the Maker is kind of, his, his plans are pushed aside. He is... Uh, not defeated, but he's put on hold for a little bit. And so Tony Stark is, is thrust into this position of power alongside a a version of like a new ultimate Doctor Doom. But it's actually, a, you know, he's not Doctor Doom, but it is a Reed Richards, the Reed Richards of this reality, who was made a prisoner of the maker and forced to just, you know, be a, a, a little worker. And so he is helping Tony Stark bring back heroes to this world and try and, you know, assemble a new team, get Thor's help, get um, get Captain America out of the ice, do all these things. And again, the heroes face a setback, and that leads to Tony Stark enacting this plan to start bringing back heroes. I saw someone, and I can't remember who it was, make a really great comparison. It's a lot like... How this universe feels is it's a lot like Matrix Resurrections. How if you haven't seen that movie, uh, the fourth Matrix film, uh, I absolutely adore that movie. It, it's this idea of Neo feeling like you know. Uh, so the first three movies, Neo fights against the Matrix, fights against the machines, and you know he beats them, and and then suddenly in the fourth movie, he's just in living a normal life, and the machines are are back on top, and it, it's this idea of like. You know, they stole something from him. They, they, they took his memories and, you know, they took his accomplishments and reduced them to just being a video game in the Matrix and, and how they, they robbed him of his power by making what he did 
not matter in in a way in framing it in a way where it didn't matter so that people that are connected to the matrix are forgetting about uh, you know what neo is able to accomplish and um it's very similar with that you know and and that's what leads to like ultimate spider-man which is you know selling out like crazy i've been fortunate to have a couple copies um you know oh and then most recently uh uh ultimate black panther came out right right not too long at, uh, where i'm recording this uh that came out and that book was selling out everywhere because i think some stores didn't know how many how many books to you know it like it sold out before it even like a second printing was already announced before it even got to stores like it was just it was crazy and i love seeing that energy i'll get to that in a second but yeah this is this is uh, you know so that is the what what it's about it is about this universe that was robbed of its heroes and and these people had their lives taken from them their what the good that they were supposed to to do like to to find out like you were supposed to be a hero you were supposed to save lives you were supposed to inspire others and to find out that, that you had that taken away from you for all your whole life and and that's especially what ultimate spider-man you know, ultimate peter parker uh, that's what he's going through in this universe and i'm sure we'll see something similar with some other heroes that's what it's all that's that's the main crux of the story is that there's this marvel universe that never got a chance really to be the marvel universe and now after the bad guys are just one and one and one it's time for the good guys to get their chance to try and fight back so that brings us to the why why do we you know the why will always kind of you know why why does this story affect us? Why do we care about this? Why does it inspire us? And this one in particular is, why am I talking about this today? Why am I urging you to read this, pick up these books? It's because it is, it's just comics. It's when comics are exciting and when comics are just doing something awesome, there's almost nothing like it. I, I can only describe it as when you're watching a movie and you just know you're watching something that is next level or when you are watching a professional wrestling match and you just the match kicks into that gear where you just know like I'm watching one of the greatest matches of all time, um, I'm I'm a part of history. That's how I feel as a as a reader of this ultimate uh, new Ultimate Marvel. Why I want you to read this is why I want you know why I always advocated for a new Ultimate Universe in the first place is because what I loved about the original Ultimate Universe was that it was it, it, it was a new entry point it, that it was uh new takes and new ideas and look some of them some of them didn't work like you know warts and all you have to take you have to take warts and all there were a lot of questionable things there are a lot of things that are incredibly dated uh in in some things that are uncomfortable like downright uncomfortable and gross and disgusting because some you know some some people took that ability to do whatever too far and it has and those stories haven't aged well as a result of that and but there were some storytellers that were really trying new things without the ultimate universe we don't have miles morales we don't um that's where he he was created and where he was able to find his footing as a character before he made the jump to uh animation was into the spider-verse where i think i think 2018 you know into the spider-verse and the um first uh, insomniac spider-man game i think that's where miles morales really starts to shine as a character i think that insomniac and the team working on uh, the spider-verse movies have taken miles to that next level like i always really liked miles in the books but the work that they've done in film and in games made me incredible like love him like 
no video game in recent memory has made me cry. I don't think any game really has made me cry as much as um, Spider-Man Miles Morales did when I when I finally got a chance to play that. And like late 2020, early 2021, that game had me bawling at the end. And, and I truly don't think any other game has made me cry like that. Like I was, I felt so incredibly connected to Miles Morales, and 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 it felt so you know playing that third act, you know seeing you know beating the final boss and then seeing the cutscenes that followed that were so incredibly moving to me. And I don't have that without, without the ultimate universe existing. So that's what I always, I always liked about the ultimate universe was that, you know, even when it was, when it sometimes just was pulling in a lot of ideas from the 616 or becoming so similar to that universe that sometimes it lost its identity I, I still advocate for it and I still track down issues and trades because I want to read read these ideas and see these takes whether they worked or not I still want to read them and experience them and, and and it was a perfect entryway it was it wasn't you know eventually with anything that's a new take is it eventually going to have its continuity it's going to have continuity it's going to have lore it's going to have history that you're going to have to catch up on but for 15 years it was a relatively easy entryway I think. You know, there was an idea like to bring it back. I don't know what the original plans were to bring it back or anything like that. I think it would have been a mistake to just bring back the 1610 Ultimate Universe because, again, even if you were launching it fresh, you still would have had to catch people up on what what the, you know, the ideas were of this world uh, and what the history was of this world and where it's been and, and what's happened since we haven't seen it, things like that. And why I I'm I'm super advocating for this version of the Ultimate Universe is because it is that yes there you know right now you can you can pick up any of these number ones Ultimate Spider-Man number one Black Panther number one uh, Ultimate X-Men number one you can pick up any one of those and you you can like you can just pick them up and, and know what's going on if you want the full story but the thing that's nice is like with a lot of comics you know you pick it up and you're like you know you pick up a random Spider-Man issue you're probably going to need to know what's going on in the main. Like if you pick up Spider-Man uh, 36 or 42 or like whatever's coming out right now, you could pick it up and you could probably, you know, if you have a good passing, passing knowledge of Spider-Man, you could probably keep up, but then you're going to need to know what the current status quo is. Who's this character that they're referencing from a few years ago? Things like that. With this book, if you were to pick up Ultimate Spider-Man number one, they do a good job of explaining to you what what what's the status quo, what's going on. But if you're like, oh man, I, I'm a little lost. I need to go back and catch up. You only have there's only five books you have to pick, five single issues you have to pick up: Ultimate Invasion one through four, and the Ultimate Universe one shot. And I, I you know, those should be collected pretty soon uh, all together, and uh, so you can just pick it all up in one, you know. And that is that's the thing. It's like that's what I love. It's like right now is the perfect time to get into it because you can literally catch up on the whole Ultimate new Ultimate Universe. I'm I'm caught up right now on the entire Ultimate Universe, and it's it's seven issues, and I I'm caught up on a whole universe in its history and its lore and its story. I, if you have any inkling or passing interest in it, I would I would highly highly highly, uh, you know, advise you to go to your comic book store and ask them about it. Ask if you can pre-order upcoming issues. If they have any in stock, if you can if you can pre-order a second printing, or if you can. I'm trying to put my money where my mouth is with this because ultimately the thing that these, you know, these companies are going to see is how the books are doing. And so I've been buying, you know, I, 
I've never been like a person who who seeks out like variant covers and you know these all different things for for comics. I usually just pick up the main book and then that's it. But um, in recent years, and especially with this Ultimate Universe, I've been trying to get one one main cover and one variant cover because I'm trying to show them, you know, that I want this to continue. Like I want and and I want I want this because it's you know we can see people like get their chance to have the these versions of the characters that maybe they couldn't do in the main marvel books they they could take any character they want and do something different with it that was something many ultimate characters were similar to their main universe counterparts but a lot of them were very different um for better for worse and so for this universe in in something that i i remember when they were um when they were starting to talk about uh ultimate invasion coming out jonathan hickman the writer he said, you know, who, who is the architect and sort of shepherd of this ultimate imprint. He was talking about how the way for this story to stand out is, you know, is for it to be something that you could only do in comics. And that it really struck with me. I mean, that really struck a chord with me because that is like, that's why you do it. Like that, that and, the, and it shows in the work that this is a story. You know, you could maybe do something like this in a movie or something like that. But like we as comic book readers we know the impact uh, of this story because we read the main marvel universe we know like it's a big deal that you know in this universe the hulk is seemingly a villain like straight up upright you know all he's a villain that Ra and khonshu you know moon knight are are antagonistic characters knowing how that uh, in upcoming books an ultimate version of storm is being introduced and, and she's in a relationship with the character that she's usually isn't um and just there's a lot of interesting ideas and it's ideas that you could really only explore in a comic because we have that base knowledge and it's being subverted it's being taken a different direction that we're not expecting it's being played with and i just think that that we we should check it out and 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 i hope you you know maybe this consider you know this push you to want to go to a comic shop and ask them like hey do you have any issues of you know uh, Ultimate Spider-Man? Do you or can I pre-order the second printing, the third printing that's coming out? Hey, I heard about Ultimate Black Panther. Can I pre-order the second printing? Can I pre-order the first issue of Ultimate X-Men? And we know that there's most likely an Ultimates book on the way. But I I I just think that if you want to get into comics, especially if you want to get into Marvel, this is the imprint. Like I will I will send anybody to these books. The, this is my if I get asked by anybody. Hey, I love I like Marvel comics. I want to get in. Okay, here's old you know Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate Black Panther, Ultimate X-Men, and if you want a little bit more, if you want to know what's super going on, here's this mini series that came out. Five you know four issues plus one extra one issue, and in you can get you'll be caught up with this whole series. I I'm so excited to see where it goes, um and and I'm really hoping that that it you know i hope it's not just people buying these number ones and things like that because they have the idea to flip them on ebay i've already seen what some of these are going for and i'm just like look i i get you want to you need to make a buck but like let's please focus on the art or like let's focus on the story let's focus on the actual subject matter what's going on in the books like it, it's not just doing this because i hope I hope that people are are actually seeking it out because of the story, not just because they think it's something that that can make them money or that it's just something like, oh, well, you know, I'm just buying it basically as an investment so then I can eventually flip it a few years from now. This is is such an exciting imprint and it it is they're getting writers that um, that I have familiarity with, you know, Hickman, I, I had the most familiarity with, but 
Brian Hill. I hadn't read any of Brian Hill's work before Black Panther, and I'm, I'm excited to check it out, to check out more of his work. And um, I just, I really think that this is just an exciting thing, and that it's something I hope more and more people keep coming to because of the word of mouth and the. I already, I know, I've seen people coming in and like asking at the comic book store and things like that about it. Um, because it's so exciting and it, 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 there is like this buzz around it. And I hope that buzz just grows because I hope people are hearing like, Hey, it's been really good. Like it's been a really good story so far. Like the stories have been unique and fun and the art is uh, just gorgeous. Gorgeous. My, one of my favorite arts of all time is on ultimate Spider-Man Marco, uh, Marco Cicchetto. One of my absolute favorite artists. I, I love uh, his work on Daredevil. Uh, and I, I, I love, like, remember, he, he he's done so many things. I like, you know, um, Rucka's Punisher run. He did the art on that. Um, there There's so many books he's popped into. Um, but it's just, I, seeing him as the, the main artist on Ultimate Spider-Man has been so much fun. Even just the first issue and then seeing what's coming up, like seeing the covers and seeing some of the previews of uh, issue two, it's incredible. And like, you know, we, we keep getting that incredible work because we put money, you know, and we are not, I'm, you know, and I'm not, I'm not asking anybody, you know, I know it's hard out there right now. Like I said, I had to get a second job. I, I know it's hard out there right now. But if you have the means to, I, I would ask you to try try to support it. Um, I know on Free Comic Book Day, there's going to be uh, an issue that has to do with, um, it, you know, just continued storytelling for the Ultimate Universe on Free Comic Book Day. Um, so I would highly, you know, recommend, you know, if you if you want to wait, you know, read that as a little bit of a uh, an appetizer. See if that if you're interested, that'll be in May. That that's another thing. Um, and yeah, so. All that that's looking at the how, what, and why of why I I urge you, why I think you need the the ultimate universe is what you should be reading right now. Or I I urge you to give the ultimate universe, the ultimate Marvel universe, a chance because I think you will you will see that it it is this story of this generation um, that had their futures taken from them. And we can see how they respond. Maybe down the road, I'll talk a little bit more about the actual stories. I'll pick one of them. Maybe I'll talk about Ultimate Invasion or something like that. Right now, I'm kind of talking like nebulously, like large picture. Um, and I plan to go more in depth on certain things. Um, yeah, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll talk about one of those. And uh, I just, I hope that you took something from this and that that it got you excited, got you interested. Like I said, if you have a comic book store anywhere near you, call them. Just, you know, look, go look up the, look them up and just ask them like, Hey, what's this ultimate Spider-Man I'm hearing about? What's this ultimate Marvel universe? Um, I know that some shops still have issues of like ultimate invasion. Like my shop, uh, I, I was lucky it still had some issues. I, I, I wanted to have the main covers for all four and on issue four, I had a variant of, which I really liked the variant, but I was like, Oh, I, I hope I can still get a copy of issue four. Uh, so I can have that original Brian Hitch cover and in my store happened to have it. So I, I went back and I, I got it. And um, so, yeah, I would just say call your call your local store. Um, um, see if they can pre-order you uh, the book. Like, you know, second printings of the first issues are coming out because they sold out. Call. Just ask if you can pre-order. Ask about just, you know, generally see what what they how they ask. them. Just ask them about the Ultimate Universe. See if it's something that you'd be interested in. You know, the, you can get the books digitally as well. There's various resources. And yeah, I, I just think that this is a uh, very exciting time and a very exciting imprint. I'm enjoying a lot of books at Marvel. 
Uh, I think there's a lot of uh, fun creators, uh, you know, doing great work. But but right now, for me, the most exciting thing is are, are the stories that are coming out of the Ultimate Universe and just seeing it grow and expand before my very eyes. So I think that's going to do it for this inaugural episode of Not Just a Geek. Next week on the NJAG feed, it will be Not Just a Guy. I'm going to continue my look at this idea of making it. We talked about that last week, kind of introduced what that is, ways to navigate around it. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out. I I'd hope to have a guest. I don't know if that's going to pan out, but I'm still figuring that all out. But yeah, continuing the look at making it uh, before moving on in March to new ventures. I uh, should have an update on what the next Not Just A Geek will be on the next Not Just A Guy, so you're going to have to listen to that one and find out. You can follow me at Garrett Briones on Instagram or Garrett S. Briones on Twitter, as well as Garrett Briones on Threads. Uh, there's also you want to follow what i'm doing here on the podcast feed as well as other ventures i'm working on hopefully some of those coming out sooner rather than later you can follow the not just a guy productions uh socials which is just njag prod p-r-o-d on instagram and twitter the TikTok should also be getting up there. I, I'm trying to post more on the TikTok. I know the kids listen. The kids are on the TikTok. Listen, I know the kids are on the TikTok. That's what they like to use. Trying to get better about using the TikTok. You know, get get the. I sound like an old man, but you know, I gotta get. You know, I don't know. Gotta get all the demographics. I probably skew a little older. You know, with my demographics. So I don't know. I actually don't know what what my demographics are. Most of it, I think, are twenties. Like people in their twenties, like myself, that because it's like a lot of my friends listening, or a good amount of my friends listening, some of my friends listening. But yeah, that's gonna do it for this inaugural episode of Not Just a Geek. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you like the show. I hope it's a different flavor from Not Just a Guy. And I hope you check out Not Just a Guy, or you check out Not Just a Geek. Check out whichever one. Check out them both. I have been your host, Not Just a Guy, the guy Garrett Bionis, and I'll talk at you next time. <laughs>